Amen. Thank you so much, Aiden. Yo, Aiden's such a nice example of polishing so others can shine. That was a beautiful prayer. Yo, bro. <laughs> Before I continue, this uh, preach is sponsored by Lenaqua Water. Thank you so much for the for Keenan the ambassador. No, I'm just joking. It's actually the first time I have water with me, so I don't really know what to do with it. Like Keenan was like, must I leave it open? I'm like, yeah, leave it closed, it's fine. Later I knock it down. <laughs> so for those who might not know me, maybe the visitors, so my name's Kristen. I'm originally from Wintuk, Namibia, the Anifustain. Although people think it's just desert, but there's also some trees here and there. <laughs> and I'm from the 412 church up there called Carrot Family Church. Um, I'm now my second year in TMT, and you might be asking, so what's my role in TMT, perhaps? I'm actually the, 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 the bus driver, and I do private shuttle services as well to the airport. Okay, I'm, I'm joking, I'm joking. I'll stop with the, the false advertising. <laughs> so I want to say it, and it probably just feels right to say it. I know Kevin at 412 also said, it's a massive privilege to preach this morning, and I'm very thankful for the opportunity. I remember when I got saved and filled with the Holy Spirit in about 2015, Two things that were so evident that, that, that the Lord touched my life was one, he gave me just a hunger for his word. Just to read the word of God, to eat it up. And the second thing is I just wanted to tell everyone and everything about Jesus. That's really, and it's something that still burns in me today. I remember in grade seven, there was a point where my prayer was a lot of times, Lord, hello, <laughs> Lord, use me. Some of my core members, <laughs> where, the, where my prayer was always, God, just use me, man. And it came to a point where, you know, being young and, and full of zeal, but you're not seeing anything happen. I got discouraged. And even went to my mom and says, Mommy, here we made a break. The Lord's not using me. What's going on? And then I even got, I got really discouraged. I think I even cried a bit there. <laughs> and then my mom, doing what she usually does in such things, she said, Okay, let's pray. And we prayed. And then I went to bed. And literally a few moments after I went to sleep, the principal of my school called my mom and said, Hi, can we not use Kristen in devotions? We see he really loves the Lord. And, you know, we want to give him a chance to share. So then legit the next morning when I woke up, my mom said, yeah, as you know, my son has just contacted me last night and you're going to do devotions this morning. So literally my, my, my thing was, you are God's going to use me. But then I was also very terrified because it was like the next day that I'm now <laughs> going to have to share something. So I'm just a mind of that verse, you know, be ready in and out of season. That God honors a heart that, that wants to serve him. So this morning I don't want to come and, and try and give a eschatological, I can't even say the word, like end times preach or anything like that. But I just want to, what I want to do this morning is, I want to honor the conviction God's put in my heart. And I just want to preach his word. Amen. Amen. So what I'm sharing this morning is also not actually something new. Praise the Lord. Paul says, don't go beyond what's written. So I think already there, I'm, I'm safe. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not something new. And specifically for Wellington AM, with the focus very much being this year, let's go. Going to Zambia, to Ireland, to Switzerland, the various um, church visits we've done. That heart of let's go. And it's almost a bit of a refresher this morning. I think it's cool when a car is just newly bought and it's running well. But every now and again, you need to pull it into the engine, check its oil, check that the window is clean. And maybe that's, I'm trusting that God will just fuel the fire that's already there this morning. So with that, if I were to give a preacher title, I'd call it Hot Potato Pass It On. So we probably all know that childhood game. You stand in a circle and you maybe have a hacky sack or a rugby ball or something. And you go, hot potato, pass it on, pass it on. And you're throwing it around. And the moment the song stops, you don't want to be the one holding the ball, otherwise you're out. And so the simple idea is that you're given this hot object. And as quickly as you get it, you should all pass it on. And I'm trusting after today, the Lord will give us a hot potato posture 
when it comes to going out and sharing our faith with others. And I really pray that the Lord will just set us on fire to know Him and to make Him known. So with it, I want to start with our first scripture, 2 Corinthians 4 verse 6. Awesome. And it says, For God who said, Let light shine out of darkness, made His light shine in our hearts, to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory, displayed in the face of Christ. And then the next verse, it's my favorite Bible verses, next one. Oh, it's there already. Oh, okay. <laughs> but we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. So even the words coming out in the worship today and in prayer meeting of God wanting us to be humble. There Paul is even saying that him and the people who were working with him that time, nothing to boast, that what they share is the treasure God's put in their hearts, that they're just vessels simply. And isn't it such a beautiful reminder for us that we have this light shining now in us, that we have this precious treasure that was bought with the blood of Christ, that once we were dead in our sin, our, our, you know the Bible says in Genesis 1 that we were made to reflect God's image. But once we were, when we were dead in our sin, that image was so corroded and so corrupted, people couldn't even look at you and say and make out what the form is. But now it says in, in, in 2 Corinthians 4, 6, that His light is shown in our hearts. That where we were once corrupted in, in our sin, He has shown those, that light into our hearts, giving us and showing us a picture of God's glory and salvation through the person of Jesus. And that's, that's ultimately why we come here. It's not per se anything else really, I believe. I think it's the fact that God has called us and made us a family of different ethnicities, different languages, different upbringings, or the common theme or the common kind of central point that Jesus died for our sins and he rose up again. Today we can stand in freedom because of that. And I, there's this amazing picture actually if you look at the sun and the moon, but now don't look directly at the sun, it might hurt your eyes. But in many ways the sun is like God. He's this bright, powerful being, the most powerful being, and he gives us light. And he gives us life to all the earth. But if you're also not careful, he can also burn you very badly. I mean, living in Wellington, we've probably all experienced it. Every time I go home, my mom asks, now, yo, your shade darker again. What's going on, man? <laughs> the Wellington burns. <laughs> and some of us who have maybe cars, I can see, hey, the paint is now starting to, to flake off here. The sun is actually a powerful thing as well. It's this beautiful, life-giving star, but it's also a very powerful thing. And in much the same way, if we're not careful with God, he can actually wipe us away in a moment. He's this powerful being. And in many ways, we're then like the moon. When God created the sun and the moon, he said the, the greater light will govern the day and the lesser light govern the night. And that's the moon. And it, we can all relate. It's one of the most beautiful things to go outside on a full moon and look at it and be like, yo, it's such an amazing like, spectacle. But what's actually interesting about the moon is it doesn't emit its own light. The light that you see reflecting off of it isn't something it's generating from itself. The moon is simply almost like a mirror reflecting the sun's light. So even when we look at the moon, we're actually seeing the sun's rays again. And, and I think that's a picture of our lives as Christians. We're called to reflect His glory. So in Matthew, 6, or Matthew 5, sorry, verse 13 to 16, it says this, We are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. And you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. So neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. 
Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. I believe the Lord really wants to set us on fire so that others can come and watch us burn. God loves it when we're moving profoundly in a relationship with Him and we're making strides to get closer to Him. But we know that that's not it. And Moses, we've heard this a lot of times, like the preach of you're on a battleship, not on a cruise ship, that it doesn't just stop with enjoying Jesus. It doesn't just stop with, I'm a Christian, I have my nice community, I have my church, and now I just continue. But God's heart is also to make the circle bigger. The years are hard for those who are not here this morning. Perhaps we're even trusting, maybe there's people in our family, close friends that, Yo, Lord, could you save my dad? Could you save my uncle, Lord? Could you save that one friend that says he's saved, but ah, he's not really saved, Lord? God has an even bigger heart than we have for those people. I remember the beginning of the year when we went on an outreach all the way to Wellington. And we, we were working into one of the local schools. And the Wednesday morning, we went to the prayer meeting they have every Wednesday here in AM. And one of the prayers was, is, Lord, give this team uh, your heart for the school. And then when we were at the school, we were waiting to get classes. We just felt, okay, let's worship and pray together. And I, I don't really, not often that I cry. I don't know, some people, it seems they can cry on command. I can't really do that. But in that moment, as we were worshiping, I suddenly just got gripped with how God's heart is breaking for that school. It was, it was really, it was one of those timestamp moments. I won't ever forget it because it wasn't myself. It was definitely a picture of what God is saying to us about his heart for the lost. So with that, can we turn to 1 Timothy 2 verse 1 to 4? Just to drive home further this point. I urge then first of all that petitions, prayers, intercession and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and all those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. This is good and pleases God our Savior, who wants all people to be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. So there we see it clearly in Scripture. God wants all people to be saved. God is really in the, in the business of making the circle bigger. And I believe He's got enough space in His heart for more people. And I actually believe their space is even reserved. So how is God now going to carry out this plan? What is His, you know, His, his, his five-step plan to bring more people in? It's you and me. Ephesians 2 verse 8. And this one, I'm sure we all know it is, For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God. Not by works so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So we see in the first half of that portion of scripture, basically the gospel. That it's God's merit, not ours. And by his blood poured out, we are washed clean. And now we can enjoy this amazing relationship. But now from verse 10 we see, but there's actually an outflowing of this. And so quickly, and I think I, I felt trapped to this when I was younger, where okay, I'm saved now, now I want to do things to kind of get more of God. When actually it's, it's actually inverted. That God has given us everything already. He has given us grace upon grace. He's given us this amazing hope for the future. And if we can see that rightly, then surely I believe we can then have a, a response. That actually it's not a doing to get it's a receiving and then responding that's the christian walk it was aw tozer that once said that christianity is essentially one beggar telling another beggar where he found bread we are the blind whose eyes were opened wellington am we were the naked who are now clothed and we were the sinners saved by grace through jesus amen 
So the salvation we enjoy is not just to enjoy for ourselves. Like that bread, we must pass it on to show eternity to others, to show others the person of Jesus. Like it says in Ephesians, he's given us good works to do. Things I believe we can't even imagine and we can't even fathom, but that God is destined for us to walk into. So now the question is, okay, it's us, it's you and me that must carry out the salvation plan. How are we going to do it? And I actually want to turn to Exodus for some handles. Some of you might then ask, no, why Exodus? Aren't we New Covenant? Aren't we New Testament church? So what can Exodus actually teach us about reaching people today? And in Romans 15 verse 4, it says this, For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us, so that through the endurance taught in the scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. So there were many faithful men and women of God, the Nehemiahs, the Debras, and the Moseses, who have gone before us, although maybe, yeah, different covenant, but the same God. They serve the same God. So like Romans says, there's actually something that we can learn from them. And I think there's a lot to learn from the life of Moses. So it, I'll essentially be doing a run-through of Exodus 3 and 4, but we won't do line by line, so don't worry for those that are now starting to stress, oh, it's going to be long. But I'll just take some verses out. But we know that from the beginning, from, in Exodus 3, in verses 3 and 6, or 2, 6, it's Moses and the burning bush. That he was just going about his life, he ran away from Egypt, because he ex- not accidentally, but he murdered someone, and he wanted to you know, run away and not face it. But then here, all those years later, God gets Moses' attention. And in many ways, a lot of us sitting, the majority of us sitting here today, God's got our attention. That we were on another path, doing things that didn't matter, but then God caught our attention. Can you turn to your neighbor and say, God caught my attention. Amen. They were already witnessing. (laughs) So then we look now at the call of God in verse 10, chapter 3, verse 10 of Exodus. Here we see Moses is commissioned to go to the people of Israel and to be like a liberator in God's hands, to free them from the Egyptian rule and bring them back to the promised land that God has given to Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. And in the same way that God's caught Moses' attention and he's caught ours, I want to say, just like Moses was commissioned, we're also commissioned. Matthew 28 verse 19 to 20. And I mean, I can't really do like an evangelism preach without this verse. It's, it's almost, it has to be there. So it says, Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And here Jesus says, Surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So that's one encouragement I want to give there that we can even take note of is that in the going, we must remember we're never alone, that Jesus is with us in the going. But now we see something so important, and this is in chapter 3, verse 13 to 15. Moses is now like, okay, I'm not called. I'm not really sure what's going on. And then he's like, but Lord, what if I go back? And they ask me, who is your God? He says there in verse 13, Moses said to God, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, what is his name? Then what should I tell them? God says, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. Amen. So in the going, not only do we remember who is with us, but it's so vital we remember who our God is. That even in in, in 2 Corinthians 4, that of the treasure in jars of clay, the important thing is actually the treasure. 
that we can go and show off the vessel as much as we want, but people are going to be curious about the treasure inside of us. People are going to want to know, what is that that's so different about you? Because it's definitely not something on the outside. It's not a, a cologne you're wearing, but it's a fragrance of Christ that I want to also know. So it's so important that as we go and live our lives, and as we reach out to remember who our God is. In one of our classes, I think it was with Ron Slubbard, he mentioned that when a baby is born, the first thing a baby says is not, my name is Kristen, but it's usually mama or dada. They, they call on the name of their dad. That before they even know who they rightly are, they know who, who their provider is. They know who their protector is. They know who's the one that looks after them. So in the same way, as we're children of God, that's the posture I think we must go in. Which is very much, it seems, that's what the Lord is even hammering today. That it's not us. That we must actually go low. That He can be exalted. That it's the treasure that we must display. And it's so beautiful that I am who I am. We know that the, the Hebrew name being Yahweh, that's God's personal name. And it connotates to God being ever-present and ever-active. That God is with us in the going. And he's the one working even in the going. Then we move quickly to verse, or chapter 4 now, verse 1 and 2. So we spoke a lot about heart and about we need to know our God. And that's the God we want to show others. But God has also put things in our hand that we can use to bring him glory. That's actually what God asks Moses. Moses answered, what if they do not believe me or listen to me and say the Lord did not appear to you? Then the Lord said to him, what is that in your hand? A staff, Moses replied. So this morning, shifting from the heart, let's also look at the hand. That each of us has been gifted and graced with something that the Lord wants to use to shine his glory. And I want to actually speak to those that know you've got a voice, but you're too scared. I want to encourage you. What is in your hand? Surrender to the will of God. Because, I mean, if you look, it's just an insignificant staff. But that staff was used to eat other snakes. That staff was used to turn the Nile into blood. That's a staff that brought water out of the rock. Not because it was some mystical, magical staff, but because God said he's going to use that. That, 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 that Moses was looking for something to help. And God said, what's in your hand? So for those who, and, and what's in your hand, this question can go, it's quite a far-reaching, broad-stroke question. You can look at talents, but you can also look at influence. What areas are you in that the Lord has placed you, that you know you can shine your light for Jesus? Maybe in your school, in your soccer team, even at work or at, in the family. What are the areas in our lives that we can surrender unto the will of God and say, Lord, use this. Because God is faithful. I saw it for myself. God is faithful. We must just be ready when he does answer, because he definitely will answer. And I even want to say, even if it's just that one Bible verse you know, share that Bible verse. It's the power of God. And I won't take up too much time. I almost want to say I'm coming in for a landing. But, <laughs> but um, I just want to say again, may our light shine so that the world can take notice. That we have to remember as God has planted a seed, and that seed's growing, that every plant produces a fruit. That as the moon reflects light, let's let that light shine. And the question is, do we want to be nominal Christians, the ones that when the census comes, yeah, I'm Christian on paper. Or do we want to be <laughs> the New Testament, spirit-filled, city-shaking, Jesus-preaching Christians? The ones we read about in the Bible. Me personally, I want to be the latter. I want, to be the, I want to be like a Stephen and like a Paul. And I think that's what God is still calling his church to today. And it starts by keeping in step with him.
but we have to remember that there's always an outflow. And even the idea of a vessel, I think when we think vessel, we think maybe of a bottle with one opening that the Lord pours into. But actually, the biblical idea of a vessel is one which there's an opening, but there's also another opening that's more like a pipeline or even a more accurate picture for our context, like a Jojo tank. That when the rain comes and it pours in, there's a tap to open up. So let's remember in the getting to also give. And that really evangelism, and I was even scared to use that word because I know for me when I hear things like evangelism, I'm like, hey, that's a big word. I don't know if I want to try this thing out. But ultimately, it's living out your faith. I think we want to we so quickly just say, what's the book that can give me five steps? Or how does Jonathan Conrad do it? Let me take notes and repeat what he says. But actually, it's as your life's already been set on fire for Jesus, that others are going to come and take notice. So yes, there's, a, there's, a, there's life in going on the street and preaching to people or going on outreach. But there's also a life in just living your life for Christ. That a life laid down and a people that love one another is also just as attractive as someone standing on the street proclaiming that our lives should preach the gospel. It was Ryan Kingsley, I believe, that said our lives should reenact the gospel message. So I just want to end off with a testimony of me sharing my faith. And for me, it's something I think we all could do it more. And we could all could step out more in it. But the Lord, the Lord is really faithful even with the little we sometimes bring to do amazing things. And I remember last year, this was like I was just burning to, to, to share my faith with people. So one day, you guys, some of you might know Prince, who's now in Benoni. He also did TMT. One day, I just tell him, Prince, you know, are you free this afternoon? Yeah. Let's just go and see who we can't evangelize to. So we walk out. It was a Tuesday afternoon. We first go get cool ring by Torador. And then we say, okay, let's pray now. Let's see who's God highlighting. And so we're walking around, evangelizing to some people. Some people, they say, okay, I actually got saved this Sunday. Then we encourage them. We pray for them. Some people didn't want to hear our message. And towards, just around almost 4 o'clock, like, okay, um, maybe it's time to go back. But then we both felt, yeah, maybe just one more. Let's just trust God for one more. So we were, and we were actually standing there by Simon's Pies, you know, that, that corner there. And out of the blue, Ashley, who's now in Zambia, who's also part of our congregation, comes by on a bike. She's like, hey, what are you guys doing? I say, we, we're looking to share the gospel with people. Then, because we all know we, she lived in that street, just as you turn into Simon's Pies, there by, um, yes. And then, it was so random because you said, you see that, that, shoe, that shoe shop over there? Go, go witness to those people. They're really nice. And it was so random because they were all, the whole, it just looked like the whole family was just randomly standing outside waiting for something. So we were like, okay, let's go talk to them. So we chat to the dad. We chat to the mom. They both say, no, we know the Lord. We love him. But we're trusting for our son. So we ask, oh, can we speak to him perhaps? So they call him out from the shop and now he's sharing. And then I ask him, do you want to give your life to the Lord? Uh, do you want to be born again? And he says, yeah, no, I'm actually on the way to being born again. So then I look at him like, okay, well, what does that mean? And he says, no, man, I've been struggling a lot with drugs and smoking. And I've actually just came out of rehab. So I just want to make sure I'm clean enough. Then I'm going to give my life to the Lord. So then I look at Prince. I'm like, and I look back at him like, no, 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 no. The, today is the day of salvation. Today you can receive the, the message of Jesus. So then he was like, really? I'm like, yes, definitely. Do you want to receive Jesus? And then I preached the gospel to him. We prayed the sinner's prayer, and then he, he said he accepted Jesus. So we went away that day, so happy, me and Prince. And it was about two weeks later, we were walking again to the shops, and then we walked by that shop where, where the, the guy's father works. And then we were like, let's go, let's go check up on the guy, let's see how he's doing. So when we asked where he is, he came out, but he didn't look himself then. He looked very 
tense and nervous also. And yeah, you could just see in his eyes something wasn't right. So then we, we, we chatted a bit, we went on. And now we're wondering, what's wrong with this guy? Is he okay? One of the, we were now walking as a, as a group of friends, and one of the guys saying, no, you can see he's on drugs, man. So I even got a bit discouraged, like, yeah, did he actually then accept Jesus? So then time went on. It was about a month or two later. Prince and I were busy washing a car one afternoon. And I think as she was visiting an elder, and then as she came out, she said, oh, yeah, you guys, remember that guy you evangelized to in my street? We're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he, he passed away last week. And then when, when we heard that, Prince and I were both so shocked. Like, really? And we didn't know what to say. You know, I'll be the first to say, often we believe that there's eternity. But in our humanness, it's almost like we forget. And I think it's also a natural response to mourn loss. And I felt so struck to the heart. I was like, what on earth? But then Ashley said, you know, actually the Lord encouraged me. Because I was also saddened. But she said, the Lord encouraged me that he did get his chance. That Prince and me went and evangelized to him. And she said that to us. And then I was so dumbfounded, actually, that in many ways, sharing your faith is an amazing thing to do. It's an awesome place to step out in. But it's also not a casual field trip to the zoo. That actually sharing your faith can have eternal ramifications. It does have eternal ramifications. That it can mean life or death for a person. So that was a very sobering like, thing that happened to me. So I really trust for that guy that, that that prayer he prayed and the belief he had was from the Lord. Only him and God will ultimately know. But it definitely, that testimony definitely encouraged me to do it all the more. So even just in a, in a, in a response, I'd love to even extend that opportunity this morning. That maybe as, we share, as, as I was sharing, and even during the worship, you're sitting here and you're really thinking, hey, but I don't know if I've made right with God. That you have almost like an internal witness. And you're saying, something doesn't, I feel uneasy, it feels like I need to make my life right. I want to open an opportunity this morning for that. That maybe you're feeling, yo, it feels like there's someone on the phone. I want to, I want to encourage you, answer it. Because I believe the Lord is calling his people. He's calling the sinners back into his home, back into family. So can I just ask quickly that all the eyes closed, all the heads bowed. And if there is anyone here this morning that feels you, you want to give your life to the Lord, that you want to make right today, you want to surrender your life to Jesus, could I just ask that you just, by a raise of hand, do that. Just as an act of faith between you and God, to say, Lord, that's me. I want to give my life to the Lord today. And the heart is really not to pinpoint anyone or make you feel uncomfortable but just as an act of faith towards God if you really know nah, there's a witness in me that I need to give my life to Jesus I'd love to create that opportunity alright a few more moments So I take it that we all know Jesus this morning. Amen. So then a second thing I also want to do, a second response I, wanna, I wanna, want us to step out in, is that as we've heard the word, because ultimately it was just the word preached, and even as I'm standing here, I'm encouraged all the more to let my light shine. 
Could I ask that we even stand as a congregation this morning? I'd love just to pray for us. <coughs> that as it's been a year of us going, and we've seen so much of God this year, like, yo, the Lord has really done amazing things in Zambia when I went with, with the team. And I know others can also testify of Ireland and of Switzerland, and even here in South Africa when we visited churches, when we just reached out locally, that He's done so much. And I think there's a, there's a trap for us as the year is coming to an end. I almost want to sit back and say, you Lord, there's the things I've done. I want to just relax a bit. But actually, the Christianity we believe in is, is one of 24-7. So I just want to ask that the Lord will give fresh grace and, and empower us even into the December time to let our light shine brightly. So Lord Jesus, we want to thank you for this beautiful Sunday morning. Thank you, Lord, for your word that can be preached so boldly, Lord, that we have a freedom to just share your word, Father. Lord, I want to pray that really, Lord, you would set our hearts on fire for you. Give us an even stronger desire today to know you, Lord, and to make you known. And Lord, we want to say all glory to you. We want to come low so you can be exalted. Even in this place, we say, be the highest head in the room, King Jesus. Be the highest head in our homes, Lord. Be the highest head in our hearts, Father. In our circles, in our friend groups, in every area of our life, Father. Thank you, Lord, for the salvation we can enjoy for the fresh bread you've given to us. Lord, give us opportunities, even as we go from this place, to share that bread. Give us opportunities to share Jesus. To say, you know, I was once like this, but then Jesus came in. Bless you, Lord God. We love your name, Lord Jesus. We glorify you, Lord. Thank you for who you are and what you've done for us, Father. Amen.